Hello and welcome to the Everyday Adventure Podcast. My name is Nikki Bass and I will be bringing you thoughts and ideas and hopefully some inspiration on how to build more adventure into your everyday life. So I am really excited today to welcome Danny French to the show, who I have crossed paths with back and forward, probably for the last 20 years. We've gone from University Ski and Snowboard Club. I'm saying 20 years, it might be more than that. Um, ski and, University Ski and Snowboard Club. We then both, I think, did winter seasons with Mark Warner. We both joined the army. I, we both did army snowboarding, but at separate times. And I think we finished it off with a, a tour of Afghanistan about 10 years ago. But actually, it was when Danny was brave enough to be one of my guinea pigs on my first ever resilience and adventure retreat that I really got to know her. And it was such a shame because I was thinking, actually, it would have been lovely to know her this well all those years ago. But it has been such a delight. And Ever since then, she has continued to amaze and inspire me with all of her adventures that she's taken on. And these include swimming six kilometers up a river, cycling for 100k, I think, or 100 miles over two nights. There is so much that Danny does, it's really hard to sum, sum it all up in one sentence. So I'm going to let her explain more about what she's, what she's been doing and all the adventures she's been on. But to give you a bit of context, Danny is a physics teacher. She's a formal royal engineer and she's the mum to two young children. So she's fitting all of these adventures in around an incredibly busy life. And how she does it, I really don't know. But we will find out more as we go through. So it's brilliant to have you here, Danny. Welcome so much to the show. My first question really is... What inspires you to do all of these adventures? Can you give us a little bit of background to it? Okay, so I've always been really quite adventurous with my my background and growing up and having a dad and mum who were both military and very into outdoor lifestyle. So it was kind of the, the status quo. It's what we always did. And then had the army lifestyle and was just doing it generally as part of my life. But after I left the army and started to have children, I got a hip problem and I had to have hip surgery which was very young to have hip surgery and I was living in San Francisco having no support network with a young child and it was just a really bad time for me and uh, I kind of had to reassess everything and I started to do um, swimming as rehab and I couldn't swim more than about two lengths just enough to pass any tests that's the amount that I could do it was always like that drowning feeling where I was like just had to get to the end and, and try and hide how terrified I was basically but enough to just get me through so all the things I like doing, I kind of had to put on hold while I, you know, rehabbed myself back. And I can remember doing two lengths and thinking that was it. And then somehow I got to 10 lengths. And then somehow on my 37th birthday, I managed to do 37 lengths. And I want to say that the pool that I was doing it in was about eight meters long. So it was a really, really tiny pool. And I had to do it at 6.30 in the morning before my husband left for work. I had childcare because he was working long hours. And, and then gradually I kind of just got back into being fit again and there was this massive light bulb moment that I was able to swim and it was always this thing that I thought I couldn't swim and it, I thought it was something that other people did and I was just must have had heavy heavy bones or something but you know in your late 30s to be able to learn something like that and go from not doing two lengths to being able to swim two miles which I think I did on my last day that I lived out there it was just such a unbelievable boost to my self-esteem and what could I achieve next and I came back to England and I was feeling a bit uncertain. I had to get a new job. 
And I kind of realized that when I'd been injured, I was facilitated to other people's adventures. I was kind of saying, that would be great. And I'd be like, I'll get the kit ready. You take the boys. Or what about if you did that? Or, you know, like I wanted to do adventure, but I was more kind of in the background and I was living through other people's adventures. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and I started giving myself other types of challenges and goals when I hadn't been well enough to do them myself. And it was things like weaning myself off Facebook because I aware that that was kind of dripping into my life too much or I changed my diet. So I came off sugar and anyone that knows me from before, I was definitely the red Coke and the, and the white chocolate kind of girl. I would, you know, had no concept of my diet really. And so I did those kind of challenges and started to realize that actually I could change. And I'd kind of thought I was the second stone that from 20, that was my peak and it was just this slide downwards. And then I realized that, no, that was absolutely, you know, not the case. And all these little challenges that weren't physical, but were kind of mental and I suppose lifestyle choices just made me realize what else I could do. And I came back onto Facebook after about a month of being off. And the first thing I saw was this invitation to be a guinea pig for a certain resilience weekend and I was just like I was ready for it and I basically just said count me in don't know when don't know where don't know how much I'm doing it and it definitely without a shadow of doubt it's been the catalyst for literally everything I've done since so somebody called Nikki looked after me that weekend she let me have a full night's sleep which was something I hadn't had for a long time they gave me the the bedroom on my own and I was just it was bliss and I mean the thing I was so worried about before that was actually speaking and the physical challenges didn't really worry me that weekend and it's so funny that now full circle I'm so happy to talk about literally anything I have no shame I'm not worried I could tell you anything because you know I realized that actually shining a light on things that we find challenging actually just makes you really yeah not worried about it anymore I suppose so it was your fault (laughs) is that okay That's fine. That's possibly the one thing I am happy to take responsibility for. But I think what's been so amazing is how you've so leapfrogged everything else that was, you know, you've taken that and just run with it so much and done so many incredible things since then. And I don't think just one full night's sleep can be entirely responsible, but I think it goes a long way sometimes. We felt that it was just this guinea pig thing. And I didn't, you know, we, we had no expectations of where it was going. There's been a, a little core of us that have kept in touch. And even in the first couple of weeks afterwards, we were sending, you know, follow-on material. And that's what really, really kind of changed everything. So I started listening to podcasts. And one that you that resonated with me was the Tough Girl podcast. And I started listening to that. And then we would talk about it and, you know, share ideas. So it was so collaborative. And it was all about communication. And I think I'd been listening to one when I was driving somewhere. And I suddenly thought, oh, I wonder whether I or whether I could get from my mother-in-law's house in Cornwall to my mother's house in Devon. And then I was like, oh, I could row there in a boat. (laughs) And then it just kind of lodged in and it could not get out of my mind. I was like, that is ridiculous. Why am I so keen to do this thing? And then I put it out to the world. I think the first day that I put it out there, a friend who also isn't on Facebook very much said, count me in. And she was my best friend, Basha Buddy from Sandhurst. And, you know, from that moment on, it just grew arms, it grew legs, it became real. And we did it. So we rode last summer from Land's End Peninsula to Devon. So that's 100 miles. It changed so much during the the time that we did it. We met so many people. We asked so much advice. We had to learn so much. It was a completely non-thing before we did it. So there wasn't anybody else we could copy. Everything had to be from blank slate. And it was such an amazing experience that... You know, I can't even say that the doing it was the best thing that, 
you can't separate it out from everything else that we had to do. Yes, yeah, so it's uh, <laughs> it was probably one of the best things I've ever done, really. And that was the challenge that really kicked off something else that I did, which was I realised I was coming up to 40, which is for a lot of people a big lifestyle point where you look around and I wanted to do 40 challenges before I turned 40 and there's all sorts of things that I'd kind of thought oh wouldn't it be good here for and I kind of just got a spreadsheet out which I love I love spreadsheets and I started writing down all the things that wouldn't it be good if and did lots of research and kind of put some together and realized that others were just completely lunacy and others were actually like I could really think about doing that so I kicked off well, I had to change it a bit because doing 40 challenges in one year was too much. So I said 42 challenges in 42 before I'm 42. And yep, I've got 14 left to go. So in just under a year to do it. Corona has changed quite a few of them. And, and I think, you know, the current climate where you look at how privileged you are and some of them on the list were like, well, that's that is just not a real challenge. And so I am adapting some of them. But things like the latest one is I'm learning to do wheelies on my mountain bike. So you know, that's something that literally <laughs> wow. uh, taking up loads of time, but really, really fun. And the boys are out on their bikes. So and then while they're on their bikes, I'm on my bike, too, because I want to be able to be with them, not watch them. I want to be on my bike. I want to be doing the monkey bars. I want to be swinging off the swing, swimming with them, you know, all that stuff. So <laughs> there we are. No, that, and that's such a wonderful motivation as well, because I know that's that's something certainly that's resonated a lot with a lot of women I speak to that often when they have children. And I think sometimes it's about risk and about, you know, wanting to protect children as well. But I think also it's about, you know, as you get older, naturally, we start to lose confidence in what our bodies can do. Often we might find ourselves on the sidelines watching our children doing the front flips or doing the wheelies or whatever it happens to be. Sometimes that's a good place to be. (laughs) But like you said, it's also going, well, maybe I can be that person too. And I can be doing it alongside them and with them and learning something new at the same time. And so I guess I'm also wondering, out of out of all the, the sort of challenges you've taken on, not necessarily which has been the biggest challenge, but what has been the most challenging aspect of trying to either fit in so many different challenges or just in pursuing this sort of path, I guess? Well, I think it's the converse. It hasn't been. The moment I've opened this up, I've... I have this spreadsheet and I kind of glance over it once or twice, you know, and it gives me a little bit of direction and I you know you realize how much time you waste on unimportant things and that time has been replaced with stuff that actually is meaningful to me and and gives me the energy and the impetus to do the other stuff there's so many divergences that I found you know that it's ridiculous I even enjoyed doing the washing up now and and that's such a, a a massive you know it's on the other end of the spectrum of like throwing myself off cliffs and all the other adventure stuff it's it's just really opened up my life to enjoying every part of it nearly every part of it I won't be too (laughs) too wide about it but we are we have one glorious life and I was unlucky that my father died very young in both his life and my life but in a way that has really made me realize that I'm not waiting for retirement to do the things I want to do I'm not waiting to get permission or acceptance from other people I am doing it right now because you don't know you just don't know and it's got to be you know, meaningful now, not on hold. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think, yeah, that can extend it. I suppose it's that thing of how much further than the actual adventures themselves, what you get from them extends, actually, like you're saying, it's 
reaching out into every other aspect of your life and providing, I suppose, those little pockets of joy, those little moments where you just go, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm still doing this. And, and it almost, I, I sometimes find when you're sort of almost suspended above yourself going, look, I'm doing this. This is amazing. Yeah. So I suppose on that basis, I mean, is there one adventure that has particularly stuck out for you? You just go, you know what, if I, if I hadn't had the opportunity to do all of the other things, that's the one I feel I really want to hang on to. That's the one that made the biggest difference. Probably the row, but equally the swimming unlocked so much, you know, going from things that you think is just completely not you. Big swim I did on my 40th birthday last year, which I had to actually do the day later because the weather was horrendous. But um, where I live in South Devon, there's a rock called the Mewstone. And I've seen it my entire life. It's at the mouth of the entrance of the river. You know, you can spot it from Plymouth. You can spot it from Salkham, well, pretty much. And it's at such a focal point. But I couldn't even row there. You know, like nobody, I mean, very few people actually went there. You know, I hadn't heard of anybody that swam there. And I was like, I'm going to swim there. And yeah, I made an expedition. I got my mum out on a kayak, my brother out on a boat for my safety. I got a couple of friends one who swam with me and she said at like the 50 meters in she said doesn't matter I've never swum in the ocean in the, in the sea before I was like no it's brilliant you know like really brought lots of people together and that locality of it that I every time I'm home I see the new stone which was so far away that I couldn't even row to it back then I swam there and so you know when you're having a bad day or anything like that my house is actually called Mewstone. we built a house in Sussex and the way that the the shape of the roof is it looks like the Mewstone so even when I write my name of my address I'm like I swam there and it just it just makes you realize that there's so much more that you can do that you didn't think you could yeah no amazing yeah. I want to go back if it's all right with you to the point you made I think it was near the beginning when you were talking about coming on the retreat and actually the things that scared you more than the physical adventure which for you wasn't such a huge challenge but the thing that was sort of lodged in your mind was that thing of speaking out or feeling that you had to sort of share something about yourselves because part of the, I suppose, part of the treat just for context is coaching is thinking about actually, what does this mean in my wider life? This podcast is focused not just on the physical adventure, but actually what adventure really is about that thing of doing something new that challenges and scares you. How do you find that sort of in a way freeing up that part of yourself or being able to feel that you're able to speak more openly how's that expanded more widely and how do you think that's related to the physical adventures that you've been doing yeah I was petrified wasn't I I I wrote to you in advance and said do I really have to talk about it and and you were like no you were so so kind of encouraging and telling me that you know whatever steps you were able to take was absolutely fine and and now I'm in a space with relationships that make me feel so valued and actually there's nothing I don't feel I can talk about anymore nothing too big too small it's doing the things that you would require of other people you know like you can't expect other people to do certain things if you're not going to do them yourself and and I find that actually sometimes the emotional challenges and adventures are possibly yeah I can throw myself off anything really you know but actually putting yourself out there saying to the world do you know what yes I was bullied or yes I have psoriasis or yes I have these things that you don't necessarily see and that I'm battling with but I'm I'm actually going to share it because actually I'm saying psoriasis on because my wonderful friend just put a very brave courageous post on about exactly you know like the more we try and hide things away because we're ashamed of them the more that they make us suffer nobody else you know so you know I'm really willing to talk about literally anything now because 
I know that A, it may help somebody else, but it's definitely helped me just knowing that I've got nothing to be ashamed of. I am enough. I am. And, and if that doesn't meet up with other people, then, you know, I realign with people that do appreciate that and want to be open and make the world a better place and share kindness. And, you know, you actually just appreciate how lucky we are, how much privilege we might have had and, and how we can make sure that we're paying it forward or sharing or supporting and championing one another. No, it is. And I, I, I'm very conscious that was quite a difficult and wide ranging question I threw at you. But I think it is that because sometimes it is about how we feel about putting ourselves out there. Um, and there's some things that I think we feel safer with. I know, I think there was a recent question I saw that was, you know, can anybody recommend some small adventures to go on? And And my response was, well, it sort of depends what you feel challenged by as to what the adventure is and for someone like you said jumping off a rock is nothing for someone it's that it's the hugest adventure they'll ever have and it will change their life and likewise that thing of just being able to speak out and feel vulnerable and how important that is in both leading yourself and in leading others I think is really key I know some really emotionally brave people that might not even want to you know go down a hill on a mountain bike with the brakes on you know like that mm. but they are, they are willing to put themselves in places emotionally that is, is so brave that we do kind of tend to over fetishize I don't know that's maybe not the right word physical adventure mm. as opposed to adventures in the emotional landscape or really being being curious about if we open up that dark box in our mind that we just keep closed you know what will happen if we do and I just mm. every time I have it's been really scary but there's been so many benefits that I haven't even possibly considered would be a benefit when I was brave enough just to unpick one stitch or un- open one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. how much you realise, I guess, that other people are often thinking the same or feeling the same things too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that, the strength in community around that too. I suppose that leads me on quite nicely in a way to, to my next question, which is around there may be people listening to this going, you know, I just want to get started on one, let alone 42 adventures, or just try and introduce some, kickstart some sort of sense of adventure in my life. And I'm just wondering what the advice you would give them. How would you help people to get started? Or, or what do you think is the thing that really helped you? Well, it really helps to have somebody that's a catalyst that, you know, is willing to, when they listen to you, don't immediately say, well, that's ridiculous, or not you, you're not that kind of person. So you've got to have a couple of people around you that are going to you know listen to your silly ideas and encourage you that's the first and then the other one the one that really is just making the smaller adventures relevant and they do lead on to bigger ones so for example it was like linking the two places that I love going to my mother-in-law's and my mother's you know how can I link them if you were to stand outside your house and look around is there a hill that you've always seen but never gone to is there a a bush that you'd like to camp underneath or is there you know and then once you've done that however big or small it is when you're going about your daily life you can see it and you can go I got there so from there where can I next get to so yeah I was feeling really miserable about something at Christmas and the room I was sitting in it had a map of England and I looked up and I just went oh my god I've rode I've rode across the whole section of that and that was just like okay stop feeling miserable go and have a cup of tea shake move around a bit and it just gives you those little motivations that each one leads maybe to an, another one. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe it doesn't. 
and if it doesn't it's it's brilliant in itself absolutely yeah. no that's one and I think that's you know it really taps into the heart of why I do think adventure is such an important part of resilience because it forms that basis that sort of core of where you go back to when you are feeling low going you know what I managed this maybe that I can manage that too so Danny you've still got 14 adventures to go so you'll have to come back in a year and a half's time and tell me how it all went <laughs> but in the meantime where can people go to find out more about your adventures and what you're up to I have a website, which was one of my challenges was to start a blog. I had to find somewhere to put that blog and I ended up starting a website for it. And that's kind of where I keep things and I make myself accountable there because I talk about what I get up to. And it's got it's got quite a lot of information about me without actually realising it's about me. So it is called www.peerpossible.com um, and it's all about that you can do literally anything with determination support and inspiration and you know it's not being pressured into things it's seeing your peers and saying ah they did that I wonder if I can too and you know seeing all the little steps that get you there and so that's what that's about and uh yeah I witter on on there about things sporadically because life is quite busy I will tell you and I think you already know but um one of the ways I manage it is a, a supportive husband who kind of most of the time goes, okay, yep, another one of your crazy ideas, but I'm sure that's why he married me. And I am incredibly blessed to have an au pair. And I wouldn't want anyone to think that I do all this just with without support, because that is one of the most fundamental things. I have help. I've made my, we've worked out a way of, you know, facilitating it. And, and yes, you know, there's pros and cons with everything, but we've, got an amazing au pair and she's wonderful and and it gives me some freedom (laughs) and it means you've all found a way which is wonderful I think that's probably the perfect place in which to to end but it's been absolute pleasure I can't say it enough chatting to you I could have carried on for ages and yeah look forward to catching up on on when you get to the end of your 42 and and what's next very soon lovely to see (laughs) you Danny bye So one thing I forgot to mention in the intro for my conversation with Danny is that she's actually the poster girl for the Everyday Adventure podcast. So that picture that forms the cover art for our podcast is actually Danny jumping off a rock in Croyd for our very first resilience and adventure workshop. But one of the things I wanted to pick up on from our conversation was this piece around vulnerability, because obviously it was something that the adventure in a way for Danny had been to be able to sort of to face herself and to feel that it's okay to talk about what she thinks and who she is and and, and that that is enough. And it's something that I have had so many conversations with people about recently that actually how do we show up and what does vulnerability actually mean? What does showing that side of ourselves that's often hidden from public view and I think particularly in the workplace but it's a mask that that we put on in all different aspects of our lives. And it's interesting because the other day my daughter said to me, and she's only seven, and she said, mummy, are some people perfect? And first of all, I wondered where the question had come from. But also my answer to her was no, because there's no such thing as perfect. But yet this myth of perfectionism or this myth of something that is perfect that thus exists continues to dominate all aspects of our life whether it's in work whether it's the idea of parenthood that somehow you can be the perfect parent or there is a perfect child or there is a perfect way to raise children or to be as ourselves in the world 
and it's a myth. It doesn't exist. And I think this idea of vulnerability really taps into that because vulnerability, what it's not and what it's often perceived to be is, is, is seen as some form of weakness or feeling that you have to share every aspect about yourselves. And for a lot of us, actually, if, if you're quite a private person, that doesn't mean you have to post everything about yourself on social media. But what it does mean, it's about being authentic. It's sort of thinking, who am I and, and how do I show up in the world? What do I want to leave people feeling about me? How do I want to leave people feeling in general? And really, it's about being human. We connect with people's vulnerability. We connect with that bit of them that we relate to as well. When we hear of people's great achievements, it's it's amazing to hear. And, you know, there are some incredible things that people have done and it's wonderful, but we don't necessarily connect with that bit of them. But when we want to find out more, it's normally because they've connected with something at an emotional level, at a human level about us. And so if we can feel brave enough to say, I am enough as I am and, and bring that out in whatever way that we feel is possible, Actually, it makes us feel braver, not weaker, not less capable, but more capable because actually we're going, you know what, I can do this regardless or alongside all of the flaws and imperfections because actually that's what makes me who I am. So I'd just like to leave you with those thoughts for this week. I could talk about this idea of vulnerability for hours. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. As always, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm on Resilience at Work on Instagram. I'm in the Everyday Adventure Club on Facebook. Feel free to DM, get in touch. I'd love to know what you think. And if you are looking at getting started on an adventure of your own, again, I'd love to speak to you. I offer one-to-one coaching workshops. And if you'd like to know more about the Resilience and Adventure workshops, we'll be running some more in 2021. So feel free to sign up to my newsletter, which is www.resiliencework.co.uk. You can sign up to my newsletter, find out some more about those adventures that we've coming up to. Anyway, look forward to speaking to you again next week when I'll have another wonderful guest to interview and to chat to. And until then, have a wonderful week and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.